Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I am your host, Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on July 28th, 2021. Um, You can consider this the first official Olympic recap episode um, because this is the first uh, episode that I'm recording while the Olympics are actually going on. Um, Good thing, too, because, uh, you know, it's it's been pretty pretty, uh, fantastic to watch the Olympics so far. Um, even though there is a weird, really weird time difference with it being in Tokyo and the, you know, the everything is done, you know, beforehand in the morning when people are usually asleep and we're, just, we're we can't catch anything live. We're catching a basic, essentially reruns, not really reruns, but you know, reruns. And the news is already out before we can watch anything. So it's it's kind of a little bit of a spoiler um, as to what happens, you know, if you pay attention to that sort of stuff. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, we have a bunch of news to, you know, discuss and uh, me to give my opinions on. So without further ado, let's uh, get directly into it. Um, I want to start off by recognizing all of the medals that Team USA has won uh, so far in this Olympics. Um, I would like to do so with their names. Unfortunately, this week, it's just not, for whatever reason, I can't find who won every single medal. Even though you think that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, I don't know. Um, but I can't find um, accurate documentation of every single medal um, that has been won by Team USA. So I'm just going to wait to do it till next week, and then hopefully they'll, you know, um, be on top of that. Um, but starting off with the, uh, the medals that Team USA has won so far, um, a silver medal in softball, a gold medal in women's basketball three by three. Um, this is actually the first time that three on three basketball has been held in the Olympics. So shout out to the women that participated in that. If you are wondering, the men did not qualify for um, this uh, this three by this this three on three. Uh, I'm not sure why. I didn't. I actually didn't personally know that it was gonna, you know, be a thing, but. I would definitely be interested to see some of that, um, especially if we send like Kevin Durant playing three on three basketball. I would I would love to to uh, to see that. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, won two silver medals in diving, one silver medal in equestrian, one gold medal in fencing, one silver medal in gym, in women's uh, gymnastics. That we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, three gold medals in uh, skeet shooting, one silver medal in skeet shooting, one bronze medal in skateboarding, one gold medal in surfing, four gold medals in swimming, five silver medals in swimming, and seven bronze medals in swimming, one uh, gold medal in taekwondo. Uh, the young lady who won it is actually the first uh, Team USA representative to ever win gold medal and to ever win a gold medal in Taekwondo. So congratulations to her. Again, I will have their names next uh, next episode. It's just for whatever reason I can't find a comprehensive list of names of people that have won it. I, I just don't get it. Um, and for our final medal for now, we have one bronze medal in triathlon, bringing our total to eleven gold medals, eleven silver medals, and nine bronze medals, which is 30 medals total. Um, if you guys are wondering who's in first place, it's actually Japan who is in first place. Give me, I'm going to look it up real quick. I'm, I know it's Japan, but yeah, uh, no, I'm, 
I apologize, I'm mistaken. Uh, it's actually China that is number one in in terms of uh, overall medals. Wait, no, that's that's wrong. So the okay, so <laughs> the way that it's actually held, the number one is always whoever has the most gold medals, and not medal count total. So China has eleven gold medals. Japan also has 11 gold medals, but then it goes to total medal count. So China has 11 gold medals, but they have 24 total. Japan has 11 gold medals, but uh, they have 20 total. And the United States only has 10 uh, gold medals, but they have 30 total medals. So that's how that works. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so congratulations to all of the athletes that have completed their um Olympic performances and receive medals. Congratulations to those who did not receive medals as well for making it that far. And um, there's definitely, definitely, definitely more uh, championship gold, championship silver, and championship bronze to, to come. Now, uh, we're not off the Olympic news just yet because on the second day, I believe, of the, uh, of the Olympic starting, Team USA actually lost to France. The Team USA men's basketball actually lost to France in pool play. Um, if you guys don't know, that's not too big of a deal as long as team the men's Team USA basketball team, I'm not going to refer to them as that. I'm going to refer to them as Team USA uh, for the time being. Uh, as long as Team USA doesn't lose any more games in pool play, they should still you know be on track to – uh, at least play in the games that qualify for a medal. Um, the way it works is they're in, I believe, four. it's either four or six different groups, and the top two of each group, they move on to the, the next games, which are the elimination games. Um, so it's the top two of each group, and then the, the, the second high, no. So it's the top two of four groups, and then the two highest-rated third-placers. So if Team USA were to come in third place in their pool, pool group, I'm, I'm using those interchangeably, if Team USA were to come in third place within their pool, as long as they're ahead of at least one other, no, as long as they are within the top two of third-placers, then they would move on. Um, if I look right now, give me one second. Uh, Team USA group. I'm looking up right now to see uh, what the standings are in the Team USA group. Um, what group they're in. Because they're in group A. Um, because they also just played a... Um, they also just played a, a round. Not a round. They also played a match um, early this morning. And uh, they won against Iran. So... Um, a, a nice little bounce back game that they had to, you know, get their confidence up, get their uh, sharpen their skills because it's looking like it's not going to be a walk in the park as we're we've been accustomed to. Uh, we Team USA has been accustomed to. Um, yeah, uh, it was a I believe a fifty four point blowout. So you know, some things uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, you know, we still are looking forward to Team USA dominance as we have seen, although it may not come as um, as frequently or as um, we are used to, actually. I'm trying to find the men's group A 
and the, the actual standings. Men's Group A standings. Because I want to see if the uh, men are actually in second place yet. Forgive me. This I know this is taking a, a little while. Okay, so uh, in Group A, France is in first place. Um, they defeated the United States previously. The United States is in second place. Um, they just defeated Iran, and they lost to France. And then third and fourth place are the Czech Republic and Iran. Um, I'm mistaken. There are actually only three groups. There are only three groups. Um, so in Group B, we have Australia, Italy, Germany, and Nigeria. That's a very, very tough group. And I'm very uh, <laughs> glad that the United States didn't get pitted against that group because Italy isn't Italy is pretty damn good at basketball. Australia has a lot of basketball talent in the NBA. Nigeria just beat Team USA in an exhibition match, and Germany's no slouch either. Um, and in Group C, we have Spain, Argentina, Slovenia, and Japan. Now, this actually is more than likely going to result in an upset because um, how many points did Luka? I think Luka scored 54. No, that seems a little excessive. I don't know what Luke Luca scored like I think forty plus in his first ever Olympic game, um, Olympic Olymp his Olympic debut. Excuse me, um, and you you got heavy hitters like Spain and Argentina in the same group, as well as Japan and Slovenia, who's never even made Olympics before. Slovenia is looking like they're gonna be the one to potentially knock off one 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 Spain or one uh, Argentina who we've seen in the past have always been pretty pretty damn adequate at a, at basketball, even to the point where I think Spain, in the 2004 Olympics, I think Spain took, hold the, took home the gold. They actually knocked off the United States in the, the, sem, the semis to take home the gold. I'm not sure, I'm not sure uh, but I know they, they have won gold medal before. Um, so, yeah, hopefully men's uh, the – Men's uh, Team USA, they can uh, get their shit together and bring home a gold as we are accustomed to. But, I mean, hey, congratulations to them for, you know, making it that far in the first place. Um, moving on to – no, I'm going to save that for the last of the Olympic news. Katie Ledecky has won the first ever women's 1,500-meter uh, freestyle. That is swimming if you were not aware. Um, so that's – Fantastic for her. Um, Want to congratulate her as much as possible. Um, she also took home a silver medal in the, I believe it was the four hundred. I'm not sure. Um, she took home a silver. She took home a silver medal regardless, though. Um, a lot of people were confused when she placed fifth in the two hundred. That was the. It was the same. It was on the same day as the fifteen hundred. Um, but then you know people realized that oh she's racing the fifteen hundred uh, the same day. And so the, 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 the 200 wasn't necessarily her, her focus. Um, as we can clearly see, um, Team USA taking home both gold and silver in that women's 1500. So congratulations to them. And now in our final little piece of Olympic news for this week, Simone Biles has um, withdrawn from both the women's group final uh, gymnastics and her individual all-around group uh, final for gymnastics, not group final. 
Um, if you are not aware, Simone Biles is basically the best gymnast in the world. So it, w it came to a shock to a lot of people when she um, withdrew from the women's group final, especially when, you know, it was, it was basically going to be a battle between Team USA and Russia, which it typically is every year. I think China's very good at um, gymnastics as well. But, you know, a lot of people were expecting the Team USA to take home the gold. And um, Simone Biles pulled out. Uh, she stated a reason being um, her mental health. And then you have a lot of people who are just being extremely negative for seemingly no reason. I don't necessarily get it. Um, and then you, ha you have people blaming her for Team USA bringing home silver. Um, I'll say this right now. Simone Biles doesn't owe anyone a damn thing. She owes it to herself to make sure that she is in the right mindset to compete. And if she's not in the right mindset to compete, well, then, you know, that's her, her choice is whether she gets to compete or not. You know, she, she's worked herself to that position to where, okay, now I'm doing this for myself. I'm not doing this for anyone else. She, she stated that she felt like she was in the mind state to where she was going to injure herself. And anyone who's ever played a sport before, you know that's not a mindset that you need to have at all. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the pressure of her being the best gymnast in the world. And a, l a little bit of that pressure is self-placed because she has, um, you know, embraced the GOAT talk that people have um, surrounded herself around. Um, I'm not necessarily going to blame her for that because, you know, we're all human. Um, and she didn't do it in an overtly cocky way anyway. You know, she she's hurt. Her, her game has always spoken for itself. You know, she... I, I guess she got a little over and in, she got a little bit of ahead of herself by putting the goats on her uh, her leotards, uh, but I don't necessarily see that as an issue anyway. Some people were taking that as a sign as oh she can't be the goat because she took um, time off, um, she's weak because she let her team down. Um, no, once again Simone Biles doesn't owe you anything. Simone Biles doesn't owe anything to anyone except for her damn self. And I would much rather prefer her, you know, back out of Team USA's um, group final as well as the individual final if it meant, you know, that, that she would, would be okay and she would be able to compete in the future than potentially risk injuring herself um, by competing in the state of mind that she's in. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why people can't be somewhat compassionate to what other people are going through. Um, Especially because it's just, listen, people are very stupid. I've, I've, if, if there's one thing I've realized on my 19 years on this planet Earth, it is that people are very stupid. And common sense is not very common. So um, I wish someone about nothing but the best. Um, the, the woman taking her place is one Jordan Childs, who came in ninth place in the all-around final. So she will have the opportunity to um, compete for gold alongside, I believe, Suni Lee, who has also... Yeah, uh, yeah Suni Lee, who, who also um, uh, qualified to compete for the gold. So wish those ladies nothing but the best of luck. Wish someone Biles nothing but... Uh, the best uh, in her future endeavors because it looks like this 
um, Olympics, this Olympic Games is not necessarily um, one that she's going to be the, you know, the most active in, um, which is unfortunate because, you know, I do make it a point to when I whenever the Olympics come around, I do make it a point to watch at least like five sports. Uh, I, I, I always watch swimming. I always watch basketball. I always watch gymnastics. Um, this time around, I watched the women's three by three basketball, which was very entertaining, uh, might I add. And then, I don't know, I, I probably through just like me just looking and watching the Olympics just as it uh, as they are, um, I'll probably catch a a random fifth sport. Like I I, I watched the uh, gold medal performance for archery on the first day. I don't know. I just decided to watch it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I typically watch a decent amount of of the Olympics. Oh, and uh, track. I can't forget track. I don't think none of the, any of the track, um, like, heats have started yet. Anyway, I'm getting besides the point. Um, yeah, moving on from the Olympic news and to NFL news, actually, we're going to get into. So, there's been a really weird feeling this offseason um i don't know what it is but it's it's really weird um xavier howard requests a trade um i believe that the the issues listed with the dolphins organization were uh, somewhat of contract disputes um xavier howard noted that in in his uh he actually wrote a letter and posted it to social media requesting a trade um so he wrote that on his in his letter, he wrote that he's not even the second highest paid cornerback on his team, or I'm sorry, that he he's not the highest paid corner cornerback on his team, which he's not. Byron Jones is. Um, he's a part of the Miami Dolphins, if you were not aware. Um, and while this is, I've always felt some sort of way when it comes to. Uh, sports, uh, sports. Uh, I'm just gonna say sports players, athletes, and everyone knowing everyone's salary. Because at one, uh, on one hand, it's fantastic uh, when you're dealing with that amount of money, that such large sums of money. You know, you you have to know what the top people are making to gauge yourself, so that you don't you know get fleeced out of a, a, a into a terrible contract. But on the other hand, you have stuff like this where I mean, it's it's a slippery slope when it comes to topics like this because, Xavier Howard, you didn't have to uh, say anything about Byron Jones' contract at all. Uh, I thought that that was classless and tacky um, because we knew who you were talking about. We knew we know who the highest-paid cornerback on the Miami Dolphins is. It's, it's no secret. Um, as for – why he is actually requesting a trade um, over well he's requesting a trade but it, it's issues that can be solved with essentially a new contract which he wants more guaranteed money which is another thing I don't understand and and shout out to the and shout out to the NBA and, the, and their player organization but I don't get how NFL teams, can get away with not fully guaranteed contracts. Like, that's insane to me 
when, especially when it comes to football, football is the most <laughs> the most dangerous sport that we play here in the United States. And you're telling me that this money isn't fully guaranteed. I'm putting my body on the line every week, and, and this money isn't fully guaranteed. Hello, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, hopefully, something change comes soon because. I want to see these athletes get paid every single dime. When you sign that contract, you, it's not only binding to you, but it's binding to the damn team that signed the contract with you, that offered the contract to sign you with. So, damn it, if you get injured, they gonna have to fork up that cash. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm all, I'm all for the athletes getting as much money as they as they as they are are worth and as they are owed. I mean, look at John Wall and look at Clay Thompson. John Wall spent two years at his crib getting paid like $35 million a year. Was that the best thing for the Wizards organization? No. But, I mean, the Wizards – look at how much money the Wizards organization is making compared to how much John Wall is making. Now tell me is it fair for the Wizards organization to have to pay John Wall when he's injured? You damn right it is. Even better – even better – even better. Look at Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson hasn't played basketball in two years. But do you think he's brought enough value to, you know, sit – I don't want to say sit the two years out like he wasn't injured, but do you think Klay Thompson has brought enough value to the Golden State Warriors to where he gets injured and he's, you know, still owed that money that he signed the contract for? you damn right. Look at, look at what Klay Thompson has done for this Golden State Warriors franchise in the past six years. Come on now. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can get NFL players' contracts to be fully guaranteed uh, very soon because I would I, – I, I, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the fact that uh, an NFL contract it's, – it's the NFL part especially because if it were basketball, I could kind of see because it's not as dangerous. Injuries still do happen, but still. How are you playing a sport so dangerous and your money just isn't guaranteed – like that's crazy to me. I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Xavier Howard requests a trade. Do I think a trade is going to happen? No. I think that the Dolphins are probably going to just fix up his contract, um, give him some more guaranteed money, and uh, keep him on his on his merry way. Um, moving on from that, Aaron Rodgers seems to be coming back to the Packers for the 2021 season after about like <laughs> like four or five months of just cryptic cryptic posts, cryptic tweets. Um, small little leaks going from uh, Aaron Rodgers' camp. Um, it's looking like Aaron Rodgers is going to come back to the Packers for the 2021 season. Um, yeah, good, good for uh, good for Aaron Rodgers, good for the Packers. Uh, but it's only going to be for this season, as reported by I don't know who. I'd have to look it up, and unfortunately, I didn't do that. Um, next season uh, is going to be looking like Aaron Rodgers is going to be a free agent. So. Um, it's looking like we're going to see a Peyton Manning 2.0, uh, especially with the Broncos, because the Broncos have every single piece that they need except quarterback to be a championship team. Speaking of Broncos, uh, the Texans are still looking for potential trade partners to, um, you know, ship off Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson attended uh, Texas camp and requested a trade. Uh, there still is no known developments on the sexual assault allegations on Deshaun Watson's head. 
Um, hopefully we can get some, you know, clarification as to what's going on with that soon um, because, you know, if if he's guilty, I don't want him in the league. And if he's not, I want to play in uh, as soon as possible. That's just that. Um, and with our final little bit of NFL news, there's growing concern over NFL uh, anti-vaccination players. Um, as reported by the NFL, if a team is forced to cancel a game because of unvaccinated uh, a COVID outbreak because of unvaccinated players, um, the game is forfeited on the team who had the COVID outbreak. Neither team gets paid. And, you know, some NFL players have come and spoken out against these rules. Um, I, Me personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, honestly, you know, with, with COVID spiking again, as people aren't, you know, taking their masking seriously or still not being vaccinated, um, there needs to be ground rules set. And it's some some players are saying it's forcing you to get that get the vaccine. Well, no, the vaccine is still your choice. But with the NFL being a privately owned company, they have the right to deal with uh, deal with this COVID outbreak how they see fit. Um, I don't think it's necessarily in uh, inhumane to say that hey, um, if this is your fault, if, if 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 a team has a COVID outbreak and it's because of an unvaccinated player. Well, that's the fault of the unvaccinated player, and we're going to penalize the team for that. Is it somewhat unfair to, huh, this is, hmm, this is interesting. I'll have to uh, make a note of that after I, you know, uh, anyway, um, is it is it a little unfair to penalize the entire team uh, um, based on the actions of some? Yes, but at the end of the day, there has to be, there has to be these rules in place to protect players and to protect the NFL and to protect everyone. The vaccine isn't just a, a magic potion that'll say, "Hey, you don't get COVID anymore." But it's it's not about that. It's about protecting everyone within the NFL. And if you're gonna play, doing it as safely as possible. You know, God forbid. And I'm not going to speak on that, actually. God forbid Ron Rivera has a COVID outbreak in the Washington football team. And, you know, as we know, Ron Rivera is immunocompromised. So God, God forbid that that team has, an, has, has an, a COVID outbreak and Ron Rivera is forced to be on the sidelines for even more time because of his immunocompromisation and contracting COVID. You know what I'm saying? It's about protecting everyone. It's not about your personal beliefs. We don't care about your personal beliefs because if we did, then you probably wouldn't be in the NFL at this point. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. It's uh, weird. Uh, this just in, um, the 2005 Heisman Trophy will not be returned to uh, former USC Trojan Reggie Bush, regardless of the recent uh, changes. Um, in my opinion, this is bullshit. You can't if, if you guys don't know, um, NCAA players are – NCAA athletes are now allowed to make money off of their likeness. Um, Reggie Bush will not be receiving his Heisman Trophy back even though the um, rules have changed. I don't like it. 
I don't like it at all. Um, I think he deserves his Heisman Trophy, and he <clears throat> and he uh, should, you know, be awarded his Heisman Trophy back, especially with the the rules changing. You know, the rules change, so update your 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 status of of of, of things that had happened in the past. It's not fair to Reggie Bush that he was robbed of his. Excuse me. He was robbed of his um, Heisman Trophy from a, for a stupid ass rule anyway, and now that the rule has changed, he doesn't get it back. I don't know. That's that's just a, that's a piece of history that you're taking away from this man who clearly earned it, and we will never forget that he earned it. Um, just a boneheaded move by the NCAA. I, I don't get it. Uh, moving on from NFL news to our. Uh, First and only piece of MLB news, the Cleveland Indians have officially rebranded to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, if you're asking me, do I care? I care a little bit because um, it's good to see that, you know, people are being sensitive to uh, other people's cultures uh, for once in uh, U.S. history. If you ask me, I like the Cleveland Guardians' uh, new logo. I think it's cool. Um... I could definitely see how the Cleveland Indians was offensive, especially looking at the logo. Um, but yeah, so c congratulations to the Cleveland Guardians for our rebranding. Moving on to our final pieces of news. You know I couldn't let you go without some M N NBA news. Excuse me. Um, this just in, a tra well not just in, but this recently just in, a trade has happened between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies. As stated, Jonas Valanciunas, the 2020 number 17 and 51 pick, go to New Orleans from Memphis for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, 2021 picks number 10 and 40, as well as a protected 2022 first round pick. Now, when I look at this picture, when I this picture, when I look at this trade, I think of two things. The Grizzlies just got worse. And Zion doesn't have nearly as many spacing problems as he did with Steven Adams clogging up the paint. Um, also, Eric Bledsoe's contract is horrible, so they're probably going to buy him out and he's going to sign somewhere else. Just f keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Do I know why this – I don't I don't necessarily like this trade for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, especially because Jonas Valanciunas has been a very, very solid and very consistent player. Um Throughout his basically his entire career, um, his time on the Raptors, now his time on the Grizzlies, uh, I don't like pairing. I don't like taking Jonas Valanciunas away from uh, John Morant and replacing him with Stephen Adams because that's going to cause um, issues, spacing issues, especially if he starts. Um, but I mean, it's not like they were too hell bent on contending anyway, so they could. Uh, fiddle around with the Steven Adams and the, the picks or whatever. Um, but this is very good for the Pelicans. I think that this could potentially turn them into a playoff team in the West. They are in the West, right? Yeah, they're in the West. Um, when you look at it, Jonas Valanciunas uh, opens up the paint a lot for Zion Williamson. And 
you know, we can we can finally get some some uh, some more elite Zion play because he averaged 27 with even with Steven Adams being in the paint and in the way, and we you you replace him with a Jonas Valanciunas who can knock down jump shots, who doesn't have to be in the paint all the way, who when you when you when you put him in that pick and roll, he can fade to the three point line. I think he can shoot. Yeah, he can shoot. Um, it's just a very uh, good trade for the uh, Pelicans. So I definitely think that the Pelicans won that trade. Um, pretty pretty convincingly, and they offloaded Eric Bledsoe's terrible contract. So good on them. Um, moving on, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are open to joining the Lakers, and the Lakers are desperately trying to ship Kyle Kuzma off in any way possible. Um, I've seen some absolutely terrible trades that the Lakers have tried to get off to teams offering Kyle Kuzma as well as KCP. No one wants Kyle Kuzma. And no one wants KCP. Uh, I, I don't want to say that. What the what the Lakers are trying to get, they're not just going to give up Kyle Kuzma and KCP. I'm sorry, they're not. Their trade their trade value is not high enough for them to you know try and finesse a a, 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 a super good starting point guard that'll you know take their team to the next level. It's not going to happen. Um, if you ask me, they missed their trade window with Kyle Kuzma when they traded everyone else to get Anthony Davis. That was their trade window to trade Kyle Kuzma. Since then, he hasn't performed very well, and his trade value is at basically an all-time low. So what they're going to trade him for, I have no idea. But, hey, uh, it's looking like Kuzma is not going to stay a Laker for very long. Um, also, there are growing rumors that – well, not rumors um, – the Lakers are looking to get Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook or Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry wants a three-year, $30 million deal. I don't know who the hell is paying a 36-year-old that's not named LeBron three years, $30 million, but it sure as hell wouldn't be me. Um, Kyle Lowry, you out of your damn mind. I mean, I don't know. I don't know because Kyle Lowry is not going to be effective as a 39-year-old point guard. I'm sorry, he's not. So for you to look for you to even be looking for a three year deal is crazy to me. Um, seeing as Kyle Lowry's at the latter stages of his career, um, but yeah, three. I don't know what he's thinking. Three years, thirty million is super overpaying for Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry's a good player, but he is not worth all of that money, especially at this point in his career. Um, Demar Rosen open to joining the Lakers. That could be an interesting fit. Um, I don't. Could it be interesting? I don't know. Um, Demar Derozan has been criminally underrated ever since he uh, was traded from the Raptors. Uh, he's been a fantastic player on the Spurs. Unfortunately for him, the Spurs haven't necessarily been the best team ever, so he's gone under the radar. Um, but him joining the Lakers could be a good move for the Lakers. Um, Demar Derozan's mid range is automatic. Um, surround them around a few more shooters, and, you know, they'll be fine. So that's that. Uh, Lakers are definitely desperately trying to shake something up because they do not want to re-sign Dennis Schroeder at a, a $30 million price point, what he's asking for. And I definitely don't think Dennis Schroeder is worth $30 million a year. Uh, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, so moving on to our final bit of news before I get into a, uh, a special treat that I have for you guys. Um, 
Pistons have been hearing offers on uh, centered around the first round pick, including a rumored Shea Alexander trade that was declined. Um, in my opinion, if Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh, so the trade was um, the Pistons get the first, the Pistons get Shea Gilgis Alexander in the seventh pick, and in return for the Thunder getting essentially Cade Cunningham with the first pick. If I'm the Pistons, there's no way in hell that I. Um, I don't. I don't decline that trade at all. That is a beautiful trade, and I would 100% be looking forward to getting uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, especially because Shea Gilgis Alexander is basically already proven himself to be uh, a, a star level player. You know, him him being on the Thunder and him having the role of you know be the best player on the Thunder. He's you know been the best player. He's had. You know, his moments of greatness, uh, he's been mentored by Chris Paul for that one year, and he's a young player with a lot of upside, and we, we know how good he is. Um, if if I'm the Pistons, I, I seriously consider um, pulling the pulling the plug on that trade and, and making it happen as soon as possible because, you know, you know what you're getting with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Kay Cunningham might be the highest – rated prospect in whatever history, that's fine. But at the end of the day, he's still a prospect. We haven't seen him play in the NBA. He could be a bust for all we know. You know how many high-rated prospects were busts? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm going to say this, Greg Oden was a bust because of injury concerns. Uh, who else was a recent, why can't I think of, Kwame Brown was a bust coming out of high school. Uh, who else can I, whatever, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, if I'm the Pistons, they, the, the Pistons must be really hell-bent on choosing Kay Cunningham. So you know what? That's, uh, hey, good on them. And I hope Kay Cunningham is worth it because I don't see them getting any better trade uh, trades than that for uh, the first pick. Now, moving on to our final, final, final piece of news for this week. Well, not news. Uh, I'm going to give you my revised top 15 players in the NBA. Now, before I say this, we as NBA fans, as sports fans, whatever, whenever we're ranking top whatever in whatever league, whatever position, I don't care, we have to treat it as a power ranking discussion. And what I mean by that is LeBron, yes, he was hurt. And when LeBron got hurt, the Lakers started losing games. And when the Lakers started losing games, they started to slip in the power rankings. You get what I mean? So if a player is hurt, I'm not necessarily going to keep them where I was because they're hurt. They don't they don't get the luxury of staying in my top five if I haven't seen them play in six months healthy. You get what I'm saying? All right. Now, now that we've gotten that out the way, my top 15 players in the NBA are as follows. At number 15, I have Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell has performed absolutely fantastically in every single per playoff game that we've seen him in for the past two years. It's clear that when it comes to time for the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell has a second gear and a third gear even that he can turn into and, and he can, you know, he can he can play at that high level. He even did so coming off of an injury which sidelined him for the, the final two weeks of the regular season as well as he didn't play the first, I think, two games of the um, the Grizzly series. And then he came out swinging and single-handedly winning games against the Clippers. Donovan Mitchell is the 
in my opinion, Donovan Mitchell is probably the best out of the the young guards that we know in the league right now. Besides, uh, we'll we'll get to him. And number fourteen, Kyrie Irving. I feel like Kyrie's been somewhat disrespected as of recent. Uh, people just tend to forget how good uh, Kyrie actually is. Now, to your to his credit, or to any everyone else's credit, we haven't really seen Kyrie super healthy this year. But what we have seen from Kyrie when he has played is uh, greatness. You know, we've seen what we're we we've seen what we've been accustomed to, and we've seen how um, how how Kyrie has moved from his role as primary ball handler to essentially shooting guard. Uh, him and Harden have basically switched positions, and you know, I, I I like it. I like Kyrie in this in this system. I like Kyrie's fit. And I have Kyrie number 14 in my top 15 players. At number 13, I have Paul George. Paul George, for what it's worth, is a fantastic regular season player. And when it comes to the playoffs, he does have games where, you know, he he might go missing. But this past playoff run has really shown me that Paul George is definitely a more mature player than he more than likely ever was. Um, especially with him having to overcome adversity without uh, playing without Kawhi, um, and him doing as best as he can with as best as as good as he did, excuse me, without Kawhi, um, got to give him points on that. We we know Paul George, elite scorer, uh, great defender, just all around great. Um, and number twelve, give me Jason Tatum. I am very very high on Jason Tatum. A lot higher than most people are. Uh, I think he's probably going to win MVP next season. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd put $50 down on it right now for him to win MVP next season. I think the Celtics are going to have a bounce back season next season. Uh, and it's going to be sparred. It's going to be sparked by uh, Jason Tatum MVP run. Um, yes, that is coming out of my mouth. Yes, I'm very serious. And yes, I do believe it's gonna. it can happen. Jason Tatum, we know what Jason Tatum does. He's still so young and he's already elite. At basically everything, uh, I'd say his the one part he's not truly lead at is defense, and it's not like he's a slouch on defense either. Uh, he can dunk on you, he can pull up from mid range, he can pull up for three, he has incredible handles. What more do you want? Moving on to eleven, I have Anthony Davis. Now, some people may be shocked that Anthony Davis isn't in my top ten. Keep in mind, this is a power rankings list. Yes, I'm taking injuries into account. Anthony, we know what Anthony Davis is when he's healthy. Key word, when he's healthy. Anthony Davis hasn't been healthy consistently in I don't know how long. I think he was dealing with injuries last season, if I'm not mistaken. Was he? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he dealt with injuries in the bubble last season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, he'll easily be in my top five. But he can't stay healthy, so I'm putting him down at number 11. At number 10, I have Damian Lillard. Um... We know Dame's game. Uh, his weakness is defense, which is why he's not any higher than this. He's also not higher than um, these other players that I have above him, especially because he's not – I don't think – I personally don't think he's better than uh, this next person on offense. And I think Luka – damn it, I just spoiled my number eight. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, at number nine, I have James Harden. Again, injured. I know that's why he's down here. Um, so calm down, everybody. Um, I have James Harden at number nine because 
this year that he had. It was a pretty good year, pretty uh, actually a very good year for uh, James Harden standards, especially for him not uh, shooting a ball as much as he did in previous years. Um, but I have Harden number nine because I just can't see him being above uh, really any other any, any of the other uh, people that I have up on this list. At number eight, I have Luka. We saw what he did in the playoffs. We saw what he does in the regular season. He needs help. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, at number seven, I have Embiid. I don't know how he was so dominant on a partially torn meniscus, but he was. Um, that's all I needed to see, essentially, from Embiid to cement him, at least in my top ten. I got him number seven. Um, me looking at Embiid, you know, you get somebody who can play defense. You get somebody who's very dominant offensively. And uh, you get a, a, a very good, just a very good basketball player in, in, in Embiid. So, yeah, Embiid is at uh, number seven. At number six, I have LeBron James. LeBron James is not cracking my top five. Yes, he was injured. I know. That's why he doesn't top. That's why he doesn't crack my top five. Again, if we treat this like a power rankings list, there's no way in hell I can rank LeBron anywhere, truthfully, anywhere near the top ten. But I am giving him a little bit of leeway because of the injury. That's that's. I'm, if if we're gonna do that, I'm giving him a little bit of leeway be, because of the injury. Because we still did see him play at a a, a high a high ish level in the playoffs. But we, it's not what we were accustomed to from LeBron James. So, again, I treat my top 15, I treat my top whatever like a, a power rankings list. And so I'm going to rank LeBron number six based off of what I, what I just saw. If you, don't, if you don't agree, I don't care. This is my list, not yours. Uh, at number five, I got Jokic. Pretty understandable. We saw what he did in the playoffs. League MVP. Can't really see him being lower than number uh, seven on too many people's lists, especially because he's the league MVP. Um, he was the best player in the regular season. Um, he elevated the Nuggets team as much as possible until they faced the Suns. Um, and unfortunately, there's only so much you can do without your 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 uh, your, your star point guard next to you. So that's that. Um, and number four, I have Steph Curry. This is, I don't think I have to explain this. At number three, I have Kawhi. Again, don't think I have to explain that. At number two, I have KD. At number one, I have Giannis. Giannis just absolutely played the best basketball of his career. And you're kidding yourself if you say that Giannis is not playing at the highest level as of this moment. Well, as of two weeks ago when he won the uh, actual uh, champ, As of one week ago when he won the championship. You know what I mean. Um, Giannis was playing out of his damn mind. And he was absolutely the best basketball player on the court for basically the entirety of games four through six. Well, not, not court. In the world, I meant. He was the best player in the world for uh, those games. So, uh, yeah, that's my top 15 list. I'm going to repeat it for you, and then I'm going to get out of here because I don't have any more news. At number 15, I got Donovan Mitchell. I got, at number 14, I got Kyrie Irving. At number 13, I got Paul George. At number, at number 12, I have Jason Tatum. At number 11, I have Anthony Davis. At number 10, I have Damian Lillard. At number 9, I have James Harden. At number 8, I have Luka Doncic. At number 7, I have Joel Embiid. At number 6, I have LeBron James. At number 5, I have Nikola Jokic. At number 4, I have Stephen Curry. At number 3, I have Kawhi. At number 2, I have Kevin Durant. And at number 1, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Again, 
my top 15 list, my top whatever list of any sport is a power ranking list. I don't rank based on health because that's a dumbass argument and I hate it and I wish people would stop using that. But I don't speak for everybody, so whatever. Uh, again, that's my top 15 list. That's all the news I got for y'all this week. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Go get me something to eat. Uh, I'll talk to y'all next episode. Bye.